Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. The Rookie Fever Podcast. We just having fun and we working, baby. That's it, baby. And welcome to the Rookie Fever Podcast. I am Mike the Feverish Fanera, and I am here to bring you another 2023 Rookie Player Profile. And I am here today with Todd Foster, co-host of the Tale of Two Rivals Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Banterman. And today, right here, right now with me. Todd, how are you? I'm good, man. Um, I'm excited. Going to talk about a player I'm really excited about. Uh, I got the rookie fever myself. I'm <laughs> currently in two C2C drafts, three mocks, wow. and doing this. Yeah, man, I'm. it's draft season. I'm excited. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about who we are talking about tonight? Oh, you have no idea, man. I, nice. I, I, I love this player. I love this player. <laughs> Rookie Fevers. Rookie Player Profile Edition. So let's get right to it. Tell our listeners who you chose and why. All right. I chose the tight end one, Michael Mayer. So I've been a big fan of Michael Mayer since he came out of high school. When I saw the tape, so essentially when you, when everyone says tape for CUC, we're watching huddle highlight reels. I, I don't know if people are like calling like kids schools and getting game film, which I'm not. <laughs> so um, I saw a special player there. And in those early C2C days, um, I was a little gun shy with taking tight ends early because it's something I typically don't do on like the pro side. So I think coming out of high school, I had one share and I think I sold it high for like a pro piece, but doesn't mean I wasn't high on him. So the reason I really picked him was not just for the fact that I like him so much. It's for the fact that it's an atrocity where I'm seeing him in mock drafts. Him being like an early mid second round pick is ridiculous. Like that's the most ridiculous second round value I've seen in years. Well, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into why. So five-star recruit, right? As you mentioned, yep. six, four, 265 pounds uh a junior for the fighting irish a uh, very popular one breaking records over there in notre dame uh last year was 67 catches 809 yards and nine tds he's almost unanimously considered the best combination of blocking and receiving in this tight end class first off you clearly agree <laughs> but i want to ask you this question does that make him the best fantasy tight end in this class 100 percent. so what gives him so one by you being able to be one of the best blockers means you're going to be able to be trusted early on agreed you can't you cannot catch the ball if you're not on the field very good point yes so he's going to be able to be trusted in run situations as well now the two things that he needs to work on one of them is blocking right and i'll get into that much deeper with the other thing is later okay but so the other thing with him is is that this is a guy that you know played significant time and started three times as a true freshman yeah, crazy. at tight end at Notre Dame. So he's been putting in, he has more experience coming in as a three, three year, like starter essentially, Excellent which that point. freshman year was like mid year. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's a position where it's like a true freshman getting trusted like that. That's insane. Right. Yeah. Yep. So there's no way this guy makes it outside of the top 25. Right. 
And agreed. And any the number one thing I don't care any rookie we talk about the number one thing in rookies is draft capital. Oh yeah. If t if teams gonna invest in it, then you should invest in it. <laughs> and and teams are gonna invest in him. So he's by far the number one. And I also think all the Dalton talk is I think it's people just looking to be seen, creating a narrative. Mm-hmm. Yes, he looks really flashy on tape. He's probably closer to Kyle Pitts than Mayer, but every tight end doesn't need to be Kyle Pitts to be good. You know, I my comp to Mayer is a better version of Pat Fryermuth. Mm, excellent. I was going to I, I later on I was going to I have some more player comp uh, reactions for you and yep. and yep. that and that Pratt, that Pat Fryermuth cross that you just made for me um also addresses another question we'll get to a little bit about expectations for year one speaking of which right so his college career as you mentioned starts off with a bang right as a as as a freshman all american third team all acc honors ties the irish lead in 42 receptions of 450 yards two tds in 12 games in which he only started three just like you said in his sophomore year he again leads the irish with 71 catches this time for 840 yards and seven touchdowns in the 12 stars i promise i'm going to get to a question hold on todd capping it all off last year as a junior mayor was first team associated press all american and john mackey award nation's top tight end finalist leading the team again with 67 receptions, 809 yards, and nine TDs. Now, the question, can we hope for the same fast start year one? We always have to wait on tight ends. Pat Fryermuth gave us some tasty goodness in year one that made me believe in him. Is Mayer that type of prospect? He's better. He's better. And there's a reason why Pat Fryermuth wasn't a first-round pick and why Michael Mayer is. Because he's a better all-around player than Pat Fryermuth. And look what Pat Fryermuth did, yep. right? The other thing about Pat Fryermuth is the reason we also were able to trust him as much is where he landed. That's a place that trusts tight ends, oh, you yeah. know? Yep. So what we need to be able to see in where Mayer goes is it's a little bit system-based. Like his landing spot does temper to the expectation. To me, like before landing spot, I have him ranked as my tight end six right now the moment he gets drafted oh wow so i'm that high on him yeah that's high because for me i'm looking at a guy that is coming into the league right now that has already shown that he's able to be on the field on day one he's a complete ball player and like we'll get into all the strengths about him a little bit later which i'm sure we're gonna dive into like his strengths as a player Mm -hmm. but the big thing with him is is that He's he's ready to hit the NFL on day one, which is really uncommon with tight ends, right? So because of his experience, because of his complete game, because he can block, because of his size, like he's NFL size right now, right? He's almost the size of like a small tackle. You know what I mean? Right, right. So like long story short is like Michael Mayer is ready for the NFL and he's going like he's going to be an impact player and probably the starting tight end for whatever team drafts him on week one. Nice. All right, this is what we want to hear, right? Because, um, you know, tight ends are, are, are uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've said several times I create tight end gardens, and I just plant the seeds, I, I draft these guys, and I, and I know I'm waiting three years, you know, to put them in my starting lineup, and I'm okay with that. But uh, every once in a while, a draft class comes around. I think this could be one of them 
where there's one or more tight ends where you may not have to, I'm not saying they're going to be, and neither are you. You're not saying he's going to be tight end six in year one. You're saying in your dynasty rankings, he's your tight end six. And that's, that's going to mean that he does something in year one. I'm sorry. It's Correct. Just, it means he's going to do something. Um, 100%. Yeah. So, so I saw him mocked, um, and I think this is a little late for him, in Daniel Jeremiah's mock 2.0 at 28th overall. Um, first off, do you think he goes that late? And secondly, what do you think about that pick with the Bengals landing spot? I, oh, that's, I knew you were going to ask me the Bengals. I just saw that coming <laughs> at some point. I didn't even see that mock, but I knew the Bengals were going to come up anyways. Um, I see him probably going somewhere in the teens, like late teens, most likely. Yeah. I could see him slipping into the twenties. Um, I don't see him getting past the Cowboys. Mm, um excellent because because uh dalton schultz is leaving yep. and michael mayer that's a very ambiguous situation as who the number two target is and michael mayer with cd lamb is very nice for Dak prescott oh, you I was know say excellent landing spot for me i would love that spot yeah so i i don't think he goes that deep now with him with the bengals um i can see why people love it on paper but i feel like with on the bengals he becomes a little bit too much of a tight end, a tight end, cheese, a t- touchdown dependent <laughs> uh, tight end because won't get the volume. You're thinking, yeah, I mean, you're looking at two of the two top 10 wide receivers are already on the team. If they right? keep Higgins, if they keep Higgins, if they can afford to, they will. They have to. Like, I, I, I think they got to invest. They still have Tyler Boyd, who's probably one of the best wide receiver threes there. Good point. Making Joe Mixon catches the ball. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't hate it because he'll have a lot of opportunity to see a lot of space. And obviously having Joe Burrow to deliver him the ball for TDs, yeah. But it's just more of a volume-based thing. I think that he'll see if he were in that offense, you'd have to just live with the volatility of what he would bring, especially in year one, because there's just too many mouths to feed, you know? Um, it's, it's very rare that I say that about having too many mouths to feed, but I think Cincinnati <laughs> is a really great example of having, a, if they got Michael Mayer, they'd have a very good problem on their hands and not having only one football to spread. Yeah. We'll have to see, we'll have to see what the Bengals do. They are not in cap heaven. Let's put it that way. And, um, they have to yeah. look forward to burrow and chase upcoming and they have to deal with Higgins and Mixon, And so the, the, I, I feel like it's going to be tough to keep all these guys. So somebody's going to. Um, right. That was, your, that was your whole point of bringing Mixon up. Well, Bucky Brooks has him uh, in your teens, by the way, 15th overall, which is the most common place I've seen him go, Green Bay. Uh, yep. What do you think about this one? So I think it's a phenomenal landing spot. It's a really ambiguous receiving core. Like outside of Watson, there's really nothing established there, right? Um, you're going to get that that typical narrative that Rodgers doesn't like tight ends. Well, I'm mm-hmm. not looking at Aaron Rodgers as the duration of Michael mayor's career right good point yep and i'm also looking at jordan love coming into a new situation because you'd have to think they have to try playing jordan love at some point yeah it sounds like they're gonna yeah they have to i mean they invested they they're they're committed so what do you do with new qbs new qbs look to tight ends more you know because you know they're they're still adjusting to certain pressures certain looks and certain that so you get a talented tight end that's somebody that that new qb is going to be able to do that and what the other thing he does really well is is that michael mayer is really good 
in tight spaces, yeah, right? And he's yeah. really good as a, in contested situations. So he's going to be ideal for a guy still adjusting to the NFL yep. as a starter. Those, so those easier, shorter, intermediate routes. Um, that was that was what Drew Pine was was living off of, right? With Mayer over there in Notre Dame. True Pine. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy I wasn't right about. Um, yeah, but ex- exactly, man. And um, yeah, whatever. I, I, every like everybody thinks they're gonna get a QB weight that's gonna pan out, and it never works. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, yeah, no, Mayor. Uh, he he's like really ideal in a situation for a guy who wants to be able to work the middle of the field. You know what I mean? Playing yeah. those tight spaces. The guy that I actually really like him with is actually it's kind of funny it's like it, it would happen they'd have to trade back like ridiculous but the idea of him in chicago with justin fields would just mm-hmm. be fun like yeah i know Komet's there but Komet's not mayor and you think about like him needing to create off the run and being like creative and i feel like mayor working that short field and adjusting to him because Mayer's a very smart player too like he knows how to be able to read defenses i agree he can really so that would his own now, granted, is that going to happen? No. I'm just saying, imagining it would be a pretty cool landing spot and a pretty fun to watch. That's all I'm saying. One of my questions is your favorite landing spot. Would that be your favorite or just your most interesting? No, that, so I actually did my top five. Oh, uh, nice, nice, nice. So uh, we we already did number three, which is Green Bay and Chicago was five. Okay. Uh, f- four was Dallas, like for what I already said. So we haven't done one and two yet, actually. Uh, so number one for me was actually the Chargers. Um, oh, I love, yeah. I love the Chargers. So solid wide receivers there. Keenan Allen's getting up there in age. You know, Michael Williams is a really good wide receiver, but he's not like an elite one. I, I, I just am not there with that. You know, so there's plenty of room for him to be able to come in and have a good role in that offense right away. But also, there's chances for him to grow in that offense uh, in in the near future, just given the fact that some guys are getting older. Right. Obviously, he's connected to Justin Herbert. Right. Yeah. But the big thing here is who's your offensive coordinator now, Mike? Yeah. Good point. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore loves tight ends. Good point. You know, so Kellen Kellen Moore loves tight ends. Right. He made Dalton Schultz going to go get rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, long story short, is it's like that is ideal. So, if he ends up with the Chargers, that's the narrative that you're going to see all over Twitter, all over everywhere. Then everyone's going to catch on with. And now you're seeing him as a 205 to probably 207, 208, which is where I'm already at with him, but I don't have to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, like would I send the capital on that for him? Yeah, I would, but I don't need to. And that's the other thing about drafting rookies. Don't just spend up because you can, you know, be smart, Mm -hmm. no ADP trade back, get assets. You know, don't be dumb. Don't try to keep sliding. Get a little out of what the consensus is so you don't lose out on your guy. But try to get a little more out of the the situation. And that's a nice area to do it. Like if you're talking about the second round as opposed to the first round where it's a little more difficult to prize stuff from people, you have to overpay a little bit. We've been we've been touching on his attributes and strengths. Let's just dive in. What, What are your favorite attributes or strengths about this player? So my favorite thing about him is. Well, first, let me just say that I think he's one of the most elite tight ends we're going to see in a while. I think Fryermuth, Pitts, and Mayer are kind of all within the same class. The only guy I would put above those three guys is Brock Bowers, which 
Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on Brock Bowers. Yeah. Love the man, right? So when a guy starts as a true freshman in Notre Dame in that and a position takes a lot of time, that speaks volumes to me. And that's impressive right from the start. But when I watched his high school film, the thing that made me really like him, and that year he was actually my tight end one, which was a lit, which was not consensus because the tight end one in that class coming in was Eric Gilbert, who was a freak and everybody loved him. And they should. I still like Gilbert, but I was more of a mayor guy. And what I saw from Mayer was was a yak monster. And not the kind of yak monster that you would think about like Tyreek Hill yak monster, because Tyreek Hill is going to catch the ball, be an athlete, just speed down the field, right? He's not a speed demon, but he's fast enough. But what the mayor combines is, is that he's tough to bring down and he sees the field so well. And he understands angles and how to like find the certain targets to be able to extend that play and continue to push it, you know? And if a defender gets into his way, they either better have a whole fed of steam and go low or they're getting freaking trucked because he's a very, very aggressive runner who looks to punish challenging wide receivers. So his yak ability was something that really stood out to me, even though he's not a particularly fast player. Now, another thing that stands out with me is he is an outstanding route runner for a big tight end. You know, so he gets separation very well. He really set, he's got great feet, sets up the defenders, um, really sells with his head really well. And there was those routes are just so stark. He's very polished in that area. And the sad, the, the sad thing, I shouldn't say sad. The crazy thing is he could get better at it, you know? Yeah. So looking at his abilities, a yak, you know, his yak ability, his route running, his versatility. He can line up all over the field. He can play outside play the H back, go back behind the QB. He can go, you know, typically I'd say off the line or slot is where he's going to be most dangerous, but he's a net matchup nightmare for a nickelback. They're not going to jam him, you know, right. and then linebackers aren't going to be able to con- keep up with him. Now, my favorite thing about Mayer is the fight. If you mm. put him in a contested situation, yeah, yes, it. I understand getting separation is the big thing. We're not talking about wide receivers. We're talking about a tight end. You know what I mean? Tight ends need to play in contested situations. Mayer wins fights. He's got amazing body control. He's got soft hands. He's got a huge catch radius. He he know he uses his strength to be able to win. He is such a good player in those contested situations, which is going to move the sticks. It's also going to make him good in the middle of the field. And it's going to make him a more dangerous red zone target. That's the thing so that those... really stood out to me was exactly what you just said and saved for last was, and and he seems to be able to catch it just about no matter what outside his frame way up. It doesn't really matter um, in particularly on those short throws. Um, he's he, I, when I looked at Kincaid versus mayor, I, I, I kind of saw, I kind of saw like I'd see the charm when people look at Kincaid highlights or Kincaid game tape and they see like a little bit of a sports car. Cause he does have, he does have that juice, but Kincaid's that, that, that truck, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, it, right. and it feels like just an enormous dump truck that'll catch anything in that, in, in that payload. And then just, and then just use that 265 pounds to go up field. Yeah, exactly. And the thing, too, is like his ball skills are just insane. You know what I mean? Like the way he tracks balls, he adjusts so well to bad passes and he had to at Notre Dame. So uh, he did not have he didn't have like the best QBs with him, you know? Right. Yeah. 
So um, people are going to yeah. be confused by that catch rate if they're just numbers guys. They're going to see that sixty-six percent catch rate and and just be like, "Well, that's low," and they're not going to realize. Well, he was look what he was dealing with. Like you got to look at that as well. What are Michael Mayer's weaknesses? Let's talk about those. We always have to talk about the other side of the coin. So I don't want to say he's not a good athlete. He doesn't have. He's a slightly above average athletic profile, right? So. If you look at uh, the last time he was timed in a 40 was when he was a senior at the opening for the finals, mm-hmm. and it was a 4-8-4, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at him on film, he doesn't look like he's that much faster. Like, if he hit 4-7, I would say that's pretty good for him, right? Everybody, like, I'm definitely in the situation where I like to look for speed, and I believe in speed kills and it leads to separation, but it's also, I'm not ignorant enough to not just that speed's not the only way you can separate and get open and be a successful player. Absolutely. So, and I also think we're all a little too drunk on what Kyle Pitts is. And let's also say that Kyle Pitts really isn't a tight end. He's a wide receiver. Right. So, you know, and people are, and that's what I think Dalton is. I think people look at Dalton. He looks like he's flashy. He's fast. He's this. Everyone, he's sexier, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Mayer is more of like, he's going to be so good in today's game, but he looks like he should be playing in the 90s by just know. like the way that he's built. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, he just looks like one of those guys, like Mike, like he's like Mark Tremura, just like better. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he just get that kind of a build. So he's not sure. a freak athlete, but he doesn't need to be. But that's his big thing. So he'll, his speed is the biggest issue. And then the other thing with him as a blocker, he's a reliable blocker. He's a good blocker, but he's not a great blocker, right? So when anybody talks about one of the comparisons that gets thrown a lot, I've seen a lot around him online is Gronk, which I think is totally lazy. I think that anytime you see a tight end that's big and good and can catch in, catch in difficult situations, they're going to get compared to Gronk, yep. right? Called baby Gronk since his freshman year. Right. Very lazy. Right. But for me is that Gronk is one. He's an uncontrolled maniac and Mayer doesn't play like that. He plays very, he plays very poised. You know what I mean? It's like a controlled rage. You know what I mean? And then on top of that too, is, is that Gronk was a hell of a, a blocker and Mayer's not at that level. Right. So when it comes to the athletic profile and the speed and stuff, I actually could see that being probably pretty similar with them. And Guys can get quicker too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So th- I would say those are the two big things. He's got to really work on the speed piece, you know, and then just continue to be better as a blocker because those are the situations where he'll be able to line up and be more versatile for them to utilize him, which gets him on the field more and sets him up in situations to be able to see passes. Great. That's awesome. Since you, since you went there and maybe even just, uh, by happenstance, I have two player comp reactions for you. I'm going to let you pick which one you think fits Mayer a little bit better. One is from NFLDraftBuzz.com. They went all the way to the ceiling and went Mark Andrews. And then DraftNetwork.com. And this is, I've been hearing a lot, even on uh, on the radio, uh, Jason Witten. Um, I think what Witten always did was, I think Witten was more of a technician. I think Witten was more of a heady player. I think uh, Witten played with a certain kind of passion that you see out of uh, that you can kind of see mayor playing in a similar fashion you know and i kind of feel like the way that witten played was he made a living at 
getting the releases in tight spaces and getting a step or two and getting the ball and then making people take them down, right? Mm-hmm. Or trying to find the open spaces to kind of extend the play and get creative. Absolutely. And Witten was a little bit probably faster than Mayer, but I don't think it's like we're not saying like it's like he's like a cheetah compared to him, right? <laughs> and I think with like Michael with Mark Andrews is I think that he's just so much more of a fluid player than Mayer is. I don't think it's the same kind of thing. But if you want to ask me who do I rather have run through somebody, Mark Andrews or Michael Mayer, I'm picking Michael Mayer. Nice. You know? So that I would say that that's the reason why. And Andrews is a massive guy. He just plays so he's kind of like a giant ballerina. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's it's like really fun to watch him play because you're like, you don't understand how he's so agile at that size, you know? And I feel like, you know, Mayer's agile too for a big man, but I think that that's what makes Mark Andrews elite is that like above level, like agility for a guy that size. I don't think Mayer's there yet, but we're also talking about a freaking stud in Mark Andrews. So if he ended up looking like Mark Andrews, then... If you're in that conversation, that's a that's a good conversation to be in. I totally agree. Yeah. Before we leave this conversation on Michael Mayer and move over to the last two questions for this this uh, for this rookie player profile, do you have anything else that you want to talk about or share about Michael Mayer before we move on to those last two? Get into mock drafts and keep an eye on where he's at. If you continue to see regular see him in the second round, buy picks between 201 and 205. And if he's getting close, you can be able to either maybe move up, use that pick, whatever. But he, if he's falling in that space, you're hitting gold. And is, right? that, your, is that your advice regardless of premium? Yes, it okay. is. Okay. Yeah, and premium, definitely do that. Because these and these drafts that I'm talking about, they're tight in premium too. So to me, I honestly think like this is all going to get caught up after mm-hmm. the draft, right? Yeah. So you're probably going to need to spend, I'm seeing like 205 now. I bet she ends up in the 109, 111 range, mm-hmm. right? And I also think that you're looking at whatever happens with uh, Levis and Richardson is going to really be the big dictating factor in like what happens with him, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yep. So, um, especially in super, well, obviously in super flex. So I'm saying investing in late round picks and late round first, you, that should be somebody you should ask me looking at. If you're in a two tight end league, this is a guy that you can build around hundred percent. I just traded Travis Kelsey. I mean, I've been to five straight titles and three P in the league. I'm hitting an age cliff. So I just got the one Oh six and the one Oh nine for, uh, for Kelsey, which I felt good about for a 33 year old tight end. Right. Yeah. To two tight end league. And it's, I keep even saying this, but uh, like at 109, I'm looking at potentially hoping that he's going to be the replacement. So I will not be sharing this with any league members in that, in that league. <laughs> I know Dave is the only one who's going to listen to this, but he already knows how I feel about mayor. So he, he already knew what I was thinking. Nice. So, um, yeah, Kevin, I put that trade on Twitter and Kevin and immediately said that you're just trying to take mayor. <laughs> nice. So people know, people who know me know how I feel about him. So we're not we're not going to take the easy way out. We're going to we're going to we're going to ask our last two questions and not let you use Michael Mayer as your first answer and ask you the question, who is other than Michael Mayer, your guy in this year's draft? 
So I'm not going to go and say like Bijan or, you know, Bryce Young or Jordan Atson or anything like that. Um, when I look at my guy, I like to look at a guy I want to plant my flag in that I think is going later than he should. And he could really pay off. Love it. So uh, for me, and I would, I would say maybe this is what a sweeper's called. Depends on whatever your definition of that word is by this sure, point. Sure. Um, take Dell out mm. of Houston. I mm-hmm. think that when you look at the productivity, you look at the athleticism, you look at the what he can do in an NFL field, like he fits what the NFL is moving towards in wide receivers. You know, Devontae Smith, uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, uh, Chris, um, Christian Kirk, you know, fast, quick, separation. That's what Tank Dell does. That's where he excels, Right. And because he played at Houston, which isn't a sexier program, even though like they put up insane numbers, he's going to be a guy that I think right now you're looking at him probably as late second, early third in mocks. I think after the combine, we're looking at him as an early second round pick. And another guy that I'm just going to put my flag in right now, that's probably not even on the fourth round uh, radar that I think after combine will probably be late second round is Charlie Jones out out of Purdue. So that's the other guy that I think that's uh, I'm not necessarily walking away with Jones. I do like Jones. If he doesn't get the capital, like if he ends up as like a mid third, I'm going to walk away with it, but I would pay up for Dell for sure. Nice. Two good ones. I love it. I love digging deep on that question. What about your guy that everyone's going to overdraft? I'm going to say Zach Charbonneau. Charbonneau. Zach Charbonneau. All right. I got to hear this. So, that guy had to leave Michigan to be able to get himself a starting job and go to uh, a place that's not going to see as hard of running defenses. Right. And yeah, he's a good big player. He's, he's a good athlete, but there were times where he disappeared in college. Right. And I don't think that where people are like putting him, like he's kind of going to be like a mid first round pick, you know, like I'll take a stab at a Will Levis. Who's going to have first round capital over a Charbonnet or a Quentin Johnson, or a mayor, you know? Um, I would look at other wide receivers, like a Zay Flowers, or a Josh Downs, you know? And I don't even know if he's better than Sean Tucker. You know what I mean? So, and then obviously Zach Evans is an intriguing prospect too, because, I mean, I think Zach Evans is better than what his numbers show, because Junkins just came out of freaking nowhere. (laughs) But Zach Evans is great. So people are, like, putting him, like, and another tier over some of these other running backs and definitely put vaulting him over like some very good, like prospects, like a first round quarterback. I mean, Zay flowers is freaking electric. You know what I mean? Right. So like, to me, it's like, he's going to get overdrafted. Do I like him? Yeah. I like him as like an early second round pick, but that's about six or seven picks too late. I was going to say he will get drafted earlier than that, at least as of right now. You're right. Uh, from what, you know, from what we know right now, there's still a lot of time, but yeah. So that's to me is that's that. A great and, one. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the one I'll throw out there. And uh, I, I look forward to people, you know, jumping all over my throat on that one, because I know that he's a lot of people's baby. I know, I know John Lobb's a fan, so you might want to, oh, jo- you might want to hit John Lobb up. He's a big fan. Uh, all right. I'll make sure John, <laughs> I, I, I'll apologize to John. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I'll apologize to John. John, I'm sorry. I love John. John's such a good dude. He's an awesome dude. Todd, 
Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining me today to talk about Michael Mayer. It was a lot of fun. Please tell everyone where they can find you, your content, or anything else you have coming up that you want to let people know about. Yeah, sure. You can just find me at FF underscore Banterman on Twitter. Uh, in terms of content, I'm actually taking a big break. Uh, Taylor 2 Rivals has been on hiatus a little bit. Uh, the reason being is that Dave and I both have young children, and we yeah. just prioritize certain things in our lives right now. Um, in terms of content, literally, like, just hit me up on Twitter, man, and just talk to me. Like, I, I rather just get into a conversation with people you know like i'd love to just like like my name says i just like the banter you know so like my content is just hit me up man. just love hit it. me up and, and just and just dive in with me i'm down I love it i know you are and take take him at his word people anybody listening todd will definitely love to banter with you thanks again todd and thank you our listeners for making the rookie fever podcast part of your day evening morning shower routine whenever you listen i thank you and swagzilla zero g thanks you make sure to listen to all the rookie player profiles in this series this is the rookie fever podcast please do not forget to rate and review and do not forget to be awesome in the morning, fever all through the night. Sun lights up the daytime, moon lights up the night. I light up when you call my name, and you know I'm gonna treat you right. Rookie fever, when you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago now Who got the one-on-one scouting It's never done this to be full and run I told you anyone Size and speed just on real landing spot Not ideal Wait, what's this breakout It's full rookie fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he pulled his arms around her He said, Julie, baby, you're my friend I'll give a fever When we kiss it Fever without planning you Fever I'm a fire Fever, yeah, I burn for soup Cause I got the fever, now you got the fever, so she got the fever, and she got the fever. No cure for the fever, so let's beat the fever. Thank God for the fever. Thank God for the fever.